We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Do you know that Satan's expertise is to cause us to fake our spirituality? And how does he do that? He would have an explanation for anything and everything. He doesn't believe in the supernatural. Well, he does, but technically the way he deceives people is to come up with an explanation of everything that happens. That's how cunning the Bible says the devil is. His primary weapon is to deceive people into thinking that there is always a natural explanation or physical or social explanation to everything that happens in our lives. Why do people kill? Believe me, the world and the devil, they have an answer to why people kill. Oh, you know, because society does this. We have systemic whatnot, right? That's what you hear all the time. You know, a lot of people rob stores and they kill and they commit murder because they're a victim of society. That's not what the Bible teaches. We are tainted with sin and separated from God. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what God says. And you may not like the way that's being presented, but believe me, at the end of this sermon, you you and I will understand why God gave his word. So, you know, the devil comes up with all kinds of explanations. No matter what it is, economic explanation, social explanation, um, you know, uh, judicial explanation as to why people kill and steal and destroy. Those are the trinity of Satan's activities in the world, to kill, to steal, and destroy. The devil will never, ever take credit for the bad things that are happening. I mean, forget about that. He'll never take credit for that. He will always come up with some kind of explanation. And you know, if you're finding yourself, every time something bad happens, every time you see certain things, and you start saying, you know, oh, maybe there's an explanation to this. Maybe we need to fix this or fix that. No, the first thing that got to get fixed is what's inside the person. It's what's inside the heart. And the third Telltale sign is that we follow the ways of the flesh. I think I alluded to that already. We surrender easily to the desires of the physical senses. Now, this we can relate. Before I became a Christian, you know, my desires are not spiritual desires. They're all uh, geared towards the appetite of the flesh. So that's how we know. These are the signs that we are alienated from God. We serve the world, we serve the devil, and we serve the flesh. It's simple as that. We're alienated from God and that His love for us, although always present, is not experienced or expressed. Then, once we recognize our alienation from God, listen, God's love draws us by His Holy Spirit. 
So the first thing that's got to happen to recognize whether the love of God is in the inside of us, His perfect love is in the inside of us, is that we recognize that we're alienated from Him. And once we make that step of accepting and acknowledging that we're alienated from God and exercise faith, God then begins to draw us closer and closer to that place of conviction. He convinces us to respond in faith. All we do is respond, loved ones. Once you and I recognize that we have a need for God because we're separated from Him, God draws us by faith. He helps us, drawing us near. You know, I, I talk to a pastor and says, oh, there's nothing you can do about it. About, you know, you, you can't exercise your faith. You're doomed not to believe in God. Don't believe that stuff. The Holy Spirit is here and He's convicting people. Why is He convicting people? So you exercise your faith. Faith is a response to what God is showing us through His Word, through His grace, through His truth. We need to respond by faith. Look at, look at uh, this, this passage in John chapter 6, verse 44. Jesus said, No one can come to me unless my Father who sent me draws. The word is helkuo, urging us on, pushing us toward, wooing us. That's the word. Drawing us. To him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That means the Holy Spirit is convicting us to, resp to respond in faith to God. What happens when we recognize that we are alienated from God? The next thing that happens is this. When we recognize God's grace and truth, and, that we, and then we are convicted by the Spirit, when we respond in faith in that, to that conviction... We are then, number two, regenerated and made alive in Christ. That's the second thing that happens. Look at verses 4 to 6 of our text. But because of His great love for us, remember we are deserving of wrath because we're separated from God. We all deserve the wrath of God. This loving God will pour His wrath on people that He loves. And I'll explain that a little bit later. It says, but because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by faith, it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, in Christ we have been what? Born again, regenerated, once dead in our sins, now made alive. That new regenerated us is now able to recognize that we are saved. We understand our salvation because we understand the demonstration of God's love that has been given to us. There are two critical truths that we must grasp in order to be sure we're saved, okay? Two things. If you want to know you're truly saved, there are two things that we need to really grasp. Number one, it was grace and truth that saves us, not God's love. Are you out of your mind, Pastor? Of course, it's God's love that saved me. Not necessarily. Do you know that there are many, many, many people who will spend an eternity separated from God all, the, all throughout their lives and God never stopped loving them? There will be people in hell that God loves. But they will spend an eternity separated from God. And not because God doesn't love them but because they did not recognize God's grace and truth 
They did not recognize Jesus who is full of grace and truth. The only way to get to heaven and to a relationship with God is to come to faith in Jesus Christ, God's grace and truth. That's the only way we we can go there. So don't be saying, well, you know, God loves me, therefore I'm going to spend eternity with him. Not necessarily so. I wouldn't take that risk if I were you. God is sovereign. He decided to put everything at the feet of Jesus. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. No one gets saved except through me. Are you going to have to deal with that if you're thinking, well, you know, my good works, my, my good deeds, my good, my good activities in life is enough to, for God to, to send me to heaven. My, 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 my goodness, my own uh, ability to help my neighbor, to pay, to pay my taxes. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't lied. I haven't cheated. Probably that, that, that's not true. We all have lied and cheated. But I've done all of these wonderful things. My good things outweigh my bad things. Therefore, God... I got God in the corner. He cannot send me separated from Him. That's not true. The only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. And people still reject that. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't need a mediator. I don't need a redeemer. I can make it on my own. That's not true. The grace and truth that saves us is the demonstration that we have received the, the love of God. Again, let me, let me say this. There are people who will spend an eternity separated from God because they did not believe in Jesus. Look at John chapter 5, verse 24. It says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. That's John chapter 5, verse 24. Again, in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, it says, He saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His grace and mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So grace and truth is what saves us, not the love of God. And secondly... Our ability to love is rooted in our capacity to also demonstrate grace and truth. So how do we know that that we are saved? Number one, we know that grace and truth is what saves us. And after we get saved, after we are born again, we are now able to show that same love to other people through grace and truth. That's how we know we have the love of God. And we love each other. Because grace and truth, they're not only present, but they're demonstrated. Not only do we know that we are saved by grace through faith, we also know that the Word of God is what's needed to make sure that we are established in that grace, that we are established in that love. There's a a, a great illustration of this in, in, in the Gospel. It's in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. This is how, this is probably in the Bible the central illustration of the presence of God's love through grace and truth. Okay? Let me read this. Okay? 15 to 20. Only five verses. Jesus said, verse 15, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, 
you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Verse 17, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Verse 18, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree with anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Basically, here's what he's saying. If we really, really love someone, we offer them grace and truth. That means we offer them love. How do we do that? We tell them the truth with grace. Now, here's what happens. The Bible says, Janine, not the Bible, but me. Janine, you really got to stop doing that. You can't, you, you can't be drinking before you lead worship. I'm just using some example. Okay? Janine doesn't do that. She's a woman of God. I, I love her. I trust her. But I uh, don't do it again. No. <laughs> you, just the two of you. Now, Janine says, how dare you? What do I do with Janine when she says, how dare you? Don't give up on Janine, right? That's called grace. The Bible says, call uh, Ryan. Call somebody. Go to the person. Two of you. Show her grace and tell her the truth. And then she says, how dare the two of you? When she says that, what do you do? You show her more grace. You bring the church You're getting the concept, right? Three strikes. One, you bring another, you bring the church. And she says, how dare the church? Tell me. This is what Jesus says. Judge her. You can now judge her and I'm with you in your judgment. Why? Because you have given her grace and truth and she refused it. That's exactly how God deals with us, by the way. It's not because God stopped loving us. But when we refuse the love of God, grace and truth, don't be crying out to God, God, why, I, why am I being judged like this? It's, rocket, it's not rocket science. When we reject God's grace and God's truth, we will be judged, pure and simple. Not just by God in heaven, but by those who showed you love and grace. So this passage is about demonstrating the love of God. How do we demonstrate the love of God? It's right there. We speak the truth in love. We speak the truth by grace. And we ask people to recognize the errors of their ways. Why? Why do we need to take the time to tell people? Because God is going to judge Do you want anybody you love be judged by Almighty God? I don't think so. I think we play fast and loose with this concept of God judging people because we convince ourselves that God is love 
period. No, His love is perfect, but His judgment will be perfect as well. God will not say something to us and say not to do it if it's not according to what's best for each and every one of us. But even after we have been shown truth and grace, we reject it. Don't be surprised if you get judged by God. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, that is speaking of a believer's accepting God's love. Through the church, we are bound by the love of God. We have to tell each other the truth with grace. We, we, we can't do otherwise because we are watching for each other's uh, eventual uh, growth in the grace and truth of God's word. He says, I want to demonstrate my love to the church. So this is what you do. You stand by the truth and you reach people by the grace. But if they refuse, turn them over. That's not easy to, see, to hear on a Sunday morning. It's crucial because God will judge sin. And those who have not been regenerated and made alive will be judged according to the wrath of God. When you agree, whatever you ask, I will give you. This is not about any other thing, no material blessing. This has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, with ex, you know, expressing the love of God with each other. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. Not speaking about the demonstration of God's love through grace and truth. When someone refuses to abandon the sin after you have given them grace and truth, God is in the decision to sever that tie with that person. If they repent, God is with you. When you forgive that person, God is with you on that one as well. God is with us. So we, we, we miss sometimes when we read the Bible, we miss what, what this is saying. You know, I know I'm a pastor, you know, for the longest time. I, I use this passage when two or three are gathered in his name, when I'm in the midst of them. I use this passage because there's a few, only a few people attend the church service. I, I'm, so, I'm so embarrassed, you know. One time I invited a bishop to come and six people showed up. What did I do? I mounted the pulpit and I said, when two or three are gathered in his name, he, he's there in the midst of them. This has not become an excuse. It has nothing to do with attendance. It has nothing to do with anything. It has everything to do when two or three demonstrate the love of God, the presence of God is there. Amen? It's as clear as night and day. So I, I, you know, if, I, if I use that, you know, when, when you attend the church and there's, you know, the worship team, sometimes they get rattled saying, Pastor, we prepared for so long. We're singing this song. It's a great song. And then, you know, there's two people in there. Let me pray for you when two or three are <laughs> It has nothing to do with prayer services and attendance and everything. It has everything to do with the demonstration of God's love through grace and truth. This is about the ex expression of God's love through grace and truth and the subsequent judgment that is mirrored in how we deal with one another. The, the, the point is, God's grace and God's truth will not always abide with us. And people say, oh, there's unlimited thing, I mean, God's grace. Well, not according to Jesus. Not according to God in the Old Testament. You know, God is so upset 
with the with the wickedness in the world and he says you know what i'm not gonna abide with these people forever my grace is not gonna be abiding forever now we need to recognize that and the final point once we recognize our alienation from god we have been regenerated and made alive finally god's love expressed expressed through his grace and truth will reconcile us in order to accomplish God's purpose. Will reconcile us to God in order to accomplish His purpose in us. Look at verses 7 to 10. In order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. What is that purpose that God is talking about here that, that he, he has created us for? That, is, that purpose is that through us, God might express His love through acts of grace and the proclamation of truth. That's what the purpose is. We have been saved by grace, not by works. This, is, this was God's purpose from the beginning, that through us who are saved will demonstrate truth and grace to the world, thereby winning people to the kingdom of God. How did Jesus demonstrate the love of God? Through grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. Every miracle that Jesus performed was based on love expressed through grace and truth. Remember, Jesus didn't heal anybody point blank. He spoke to them the wisdom of God. He spoke to them the truth before He showed them the grace. Every miracle that Jesus performed was based on the love that He has expressed through grace and truth. Every sermon He preached is based on grace and truth. And even in death, on, in His death on the cross, He was demonstrating grace and truth. Did you know that? He said on the cross, Father, forgive them. That's grace. For they know not what they do. That's the truth. So even at Jesus' last earthly hours, he was demonstrating God's love through grace and truth. God's love infused with grace, mercy, and truth brings about an invasion of God's supernatural power in our lives. Do we really want to see supernatural things happen in our, in our lives? I do. We need to focus first on the reality of the love of God, whether it's presence, present in our hearts. That's how people get saved and rescued from the grip of Satan, the world, and the flesh. When we demonstrate God's love through grace and truth. We were created not just to experience God's love, but also to express it through our dealings with one another. We deal with one another with grace and with truth. I will conclude with these final thoughts. You and I are no longer deserving of the wrath of God because we have received salvation by grace through faith. Let me just ask those of you this morning, as an appeal to the gospel, God's love is perfect. He demonstrated that perfect love by giving us so much grace based on His revelation of His heart through the Word of Christ. 
But His judgment is also going to be perfect. Not a single person will have an excuse not to have known the offer of salvation that God has given them. Let me say this again, and I said it before, I say it again. The time to be judged by God is right now. Why? Because He's judging on the basis of His grace and truth. If you come to Jesus and be judged right now, you will no longer be judged according to God's wrath because you've already been judged according to God's love. It's that basic love. <laughs> And I take the time to say that because a lot of people are saying, you know, well, I'm gonna, and on judgment day, you know, I'm going to face Christ and I'm going to have all of these reasons and all of that. No, the time to be judged is now. While there is time. When you die without being judged by God according to His love right here and right now, there's only an eternity of agony awaiting. That's when the verse says, you have escaped the wrath of God. We're not going to be judged according to the wrath of God because we have been judged already according to His love demonstrated on the cross full of grace and truth. If we refuse, there awaits God's perfect judgment. But it is going to be according to His perfect wrath. This perfectly loving God will have a perfect judgment. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.